Hi everyone, I'm Allie Stone and this is Discovering Hospitality. Now I've been in the hospitality industry for over 20 years. Serving in all capacities, I started out as a server to present day where I'm part owner of a multi-unit franchise in Northern Alberta called Original Joe's. My journey continues to the Inspired Leader, which I founded in 2020. Through this, I help leaders from all industries create meaningful careers. And I do this through the education I received from my many years as a senior level leader in hospitality. I truly believe if we could bring more hospitality to more industry around the world, it would be a better place. Of course, hospitality has given me a life rich with adventure, connection, let's not forget humor, and of course the challenges which I believe can be unique to the hospitality industry. So this podcast, it was created to highlight the incredible moments that exist in our industry. Behind the day-to-day -day of hospitality lies millions of stories, serving as evidence that this is one of the most complex, challenging, and ultimately fulfilling industries on the planet. And when you peek beneath the surface, it's revealed that this industry, despite those challenges, offers a unique glimpse into creativity, beauty, and ultimately the strength it takes to bring it all to life each and every day. So it's my purpose with this podcast to share the celebration of humanity that exists in hospitality. I want to share how this industry is one of the most incredible industries in the world and how hospitality creates a place for the world to become more connected and ultimately to become more beautiful. Thank you for joining me on this week's podcast and I truly hope you enjoy it. All right, everybody, welcome back to another week of Discovering Hospitality. I'm your host, Allie Stone, and as always, I am super excited to be here with you. I have a super fun guest for you today. <laughs> this is going to be good. I am really excited to put this podcast up once it's ready. Tyler Lofstrand, how are you? It's hey, nice I'm doing awesome. I'm Thanks really excited to be here. My first, my first podcast. First podcast, and uh, it's going to be an awesome one. So, yeah, truly in. gently. <laughs> I know. Okay, so let me just like frame this up before we hop in. I know what it's like to be on your first podcast. It's a little bit nerve wracking. Palms get a little sweaty behind the knees. <laughs> it's uh it's an interesting experience because even though it's recorded, it still feels like a little bit intense mm -hmm. off the hop, but I promise you this will be a good experience, okay? I just love it. I'm ready. Come on the ride with me. I'm ready. Uh, so I usually like to start these off by just getting you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Uh, maybe share a little bit about yourself, like what's your history in hospitality? Why do you why would you end up on the Discovering Hospitality podcast? What is it about you that brought you here? Yeah, sure. Um, okay. Yeah, I have a little bit of a history. I um, am a educated teacher. I guess I went to school to become a teacher and did that for for a bunch of years and decided it just wasn't wasn't the route for me. Wanted something a little bit more. And um, yeah, so I did that for five years. Taught at Ron McDonald House. Taught with Empty Public Schools. Um, and it, previous to that, when I was getting my degree, I uh, worked worked in restaurants, worked in service industry, worked retail. Um, yeah, a bunch of different places and just found that I really liked people, right? So when I, when I was teaching, I loved helping the kids and I liked 
talking to their parents and suggesting things. And I liked that atmosphere, but there was so much else kind of clouded in that job that was preventing me from spending more time with people that it just was not what I was looking to do full time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So most recently, the last, I guess, 12 months, I uh, stepped away from teaching, abandoned my contract. I became the general manager of a car dealership after never, never selling a car before, just like dove right in, learn the processes, learn the finances, all that stuff. And um, yeah, that also wasn't for me, but I love the interaction. I love the sales. I love the people. And um, I found that uh, I was always talking to my colleagues and I was always talking to the salespeople about how much I loved my serving job when I was in university. I loved the fun. I loved the upselling. I loved the interactions. I loved treating people well. I loved just everything that goes along with it. And anyway, so when I left the car dealership, I went to Barbacoa down the road and dove right back into hospitality and just felt like I was just back on track, loved it. And um, yeah, then got this crazy connection to meet you. And here we are. (laughs) I, okay. I want to back it up a little bit um, because I, I think there's a lot of educators in hospitality, right? So um, a lot of educators going through school or even already teaching Mm -hmm. and they're working still in hospitality and a lot of it, I think, is that connection with people, right? It's keeping that social circle, something outside of school. School has become uh, an interesting, <laughs> interesting experience right now, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a good word, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, compared to like, you know, when like we were little, it was so much more chill. Like I actually feel really bad for teachers right now because they go out to really try to make a difference and almost yeah. like the institution is really hard on them. Um, but uh, you mentioned abandoning your contract and it was the first time I've ever actually ever heard you say that word. That's a, <laughs> that's a big deal. Hey, was that like a big thing, big moment for you? It was, uh, uh, I like to say no, because I feel like, um, uh, you know, not in like a rude way or like a boastful way, but I feel very confident in myself and in abilities to like learn new jobs, learn new skills figure it out, support my family, all that. So I, I didn't feel like it was a huge deal until I like actually <laughs> signed the contract and was like, oh, I, if I want to go back to teaching, I have to go through the entire process again, hope I get a contract, hope I get placed, hope this happens, hope I make a good connection, hope I do a good job. And, you know, then I could be a teacher full-time, but um, it was, it was a big deal because I have lots to lose, right? If I don't succeed, like my family and our house and my wife and my baby, like it's, it's a lot to support. So that's, that's a big thing, but no, it was, it was great. I felt uh, (laughs) when I quit teaching or when I took my leave of absence, um, it was, it was relieving like Mm -hmm. the previous four years or three years, I guess, two and a half, three years was very stressful. Like COVID time was, was okay. You know, some positives, some negatives, but um, the stuff that came after COVID was very, uh, like dark, you know, I would almost describe it as like very black and angry and I did not enjoy that mm-hmm. at all. So it was like a good, it was a good way out of that to a fresh start. And, um, yeah, when I, when I talked to my friends, like, it's funny you mentioned about teachers that are in hospitality or whatever, there's a lot of my friends who thought I was insane for abandoning this permanent contract forever guaranteed you know, you're working, you have a pension, all this stuff, abandoning that when they've been trying to get something like that for so long, but it just wasn't right for me. And yeah, I don't know, just perspective, I guess. Yeah. And I think that that's really interesting because often when we're young, right. And we're kind of like 
coming up through school and trying to figure out what we want to do. There's so much uh, societal pressure. There's so much mm-hmm. pressure from the people who love us to like go to school and do something and um, get a degree in something, right? And get going. For me, it was like, it was like the opposite. I like, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really come from money. So if I was going to school, I was paying for it. And so school wasn't really like an option for me in my early years. I was just like, I'm not going to pay 30 grand for, <laughs> for something that I don't even know if I'm going to want to do when I'm done. Yeah. That sounds like crazy, right? Yeah. So um, I think that that is a lot of times the story as to how people end up in hospitality long time. So I think your story uh, long term. So I think your story is actually really interesting. And so you're talking about people and you're talking about how you have like this connection with people. Is that what drew you back to hospitality? Is that what brought you back to the industry? Or was there something else alluring about it for you? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple answers to that. Um, <laughs> number one, my wife, you know, God bless her. I love her. She, she stresses very easily. Whereas I am on the opposite spectrum. I don't, I don't stress about almost anything. Um, and she, she knew like I was a good server. She knew that I really enjoyed the, that. She also knows I'm a, like a night person, you know, I'm much more alive and I do my best work later in the day than the morning. So she's like, this is like a perfect opportunity. Barbacoa is getting great reviews and we know people have been there. <laughs> the menu's a little expensive. So maybe the tips will be good. You know, yeah. like there's a lot of, a lot of stuff moving in that direction. And I thought like, okay, that sounds awesome. And so it, it actually, funny enough, it took me like a week and a half to pull the trigger to apply because I, I had this like terrible stigma where I thought, man, am I, am I moving backwards if I go back into hospitality? Like, am I, is it a bad move to go from like on paper? I was just the general manager of a car dealership and now I'm like low totem pole serving part-time. What does that, what does that say? Right. And so I had, I was, I think I was just under a lot of other stresses when I was thinking that because I've had nothing but really great experiences at Barbacoa, particularly and, and in serving and in hospitality. So it just was a, a tough couple of weeks, I think, but um, yeah, why did I want to go back? I freaking love it. I love, I love talking to people I've never talked to before. I like um, agreeing and like <clears throat> suggesting good things and then having people like enjoy those suggestions. Like I'm, I'm definitely what you would call a yes man. I don't know if you've seen that Jim Carrey movie or not, but that's I have like, seen that movie. <laughs> oh, that is that's me. Like I love being a yes man. I like I like the positive vibe that yeses bring. And uh yeah, fuck, I just I, I love it there. And I wanted to have something that was filling my extroverted bucket. Yeah, that's cool. I think yeah. that that's what a lot of us like miss, right? So yeah. when I moved out of being a GM and into the area role, I missed that like mm-hmm. insanely. And I it was almost like depression for a while because and it took me a while to realize that it was like I wasn't connecting in the same way and I was still like going from store to store and I was all over the place but when you were with that like one team and you have that you know that one connection that one group you were talking about the group chats and stuff like all that stuff kind of went away for me right Mm -hmm. and so this is what hospitality brings there's something really special and really unique that most other industries can't bring to the experience that you have that you have at work right there's I- literally zero like I've done a lot of jobs and it sounds funny to say because a lot of the jobs I stay for quite a long time like I'm definitely not a job jumper um, but I've been working since I was like 
I don't know, 10 years old kind of thing. So um, there's just no other job where you care about your staff and the people you work with as much as you do in hospitality in a restaurant and other sort of hospitality channels. And it's, I don't know why, like, I'm not sure why I didn't care or spend as much time with my colleagues outside of work at retail jobs or corporate jobs or whatever. I'm not sure what exactly that is, but just hospitality, the, the like lows and the highs you go through every hour. It's like, you just, you just, it's a family and it sounds so cliche. Everybody says a family, but it's literally that. And if you haven't worked in the industry, you don't get it right. You don't get why people say that, but it's, it's so true that that's what it feels like. Yeah. It's very personal. Yeah. Like the lows and the highs you go through are personal. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go through some shit together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, it can be a lot. Like people are crying and screaming and laughing and all sorts of stuff is happening. Right. So it's, it's, so there's true. no question that what's happening between everybody and that team in that shift is actually quite vulnerable. So it creates this like deeper connection. It's kind of like, you know, when people go through a traumatic experience together, if there's, you know, three people who, I don't know what's an experience, but right. You know, we kind of all go through, we, we collectively went through the experience of COVID, which connected a lot of people, but yeah. even if like a group of people go through a tornado or something together, yeah. right. And they're all in one space like that, that connects them for a long time after, even if they don't see each other, there's like an energy that's shared. And I think that's like, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's super yeah. important. I wish, I wish, and it's my hope that, you know, at least with what I'm going to do now is that I can bring more hospitality to other industries because mm, if there was yeah. more hospitality, can you think about how cool work would start to become and how much more connected people would be and how, how much longer they would stay in their roles and how much happier they would be if they could, they could do what they wanted to do if that's not hospitality, but still have that like personal connection that would be like yep. super incredible. You yeah, know, I think about how many people you know that like uh, all they talk about is how they don't like their work, right? Like, I don't know. I, I really like serving. <laughs> like even even to the point where I, you know, serving was like a small stepping stone until I found something that I felt good about this past couple months and this past experience with Barbacoa. I found that job, I'm doing it and I still serve because I really like going there and I like helping out and I like the environment and yeah, it's just like, it's like a, it's the best drug for me. Like yeah. I, yeah. And like I said, I'm, my wife always gives me shit and she makes fun of me, but I, I, I'm like extroverted to the nth degree and it it's like, it's what I need. I almost need that like experience on a weekly basis to get it out of my system or I go a little stir crazy. Yeah. You're an oxytoc oxytocin addict. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Feed it to me. Give me an IV drip all day and I'm, I'll be good. <laughs> and now I work from home in my basement. So yeah. I'm like, you know, my dog even is getting annoyed with how much I talk to him. So <laughs> I sometimes need... my dog's like, don't touch me anymore. Yeah. Like this has been yeah. way too much today. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's chilling on the bed. He's sleeping and I'm constantly petting him and touching his paws. And he's like, get out of here. <laughs> oh man. I love that. Our animals yeah. are done with us. Uh, um, so, okay. I always like to, well, I don't always like to, but I like this question and I'm curious what your answer will be. Yeah. I was already kind of starting to uh, talk about this, but the experience of hospitality, it's something when you're in the presence of amazing hospitality, it's like something, you know, you feel it's like, it's like, it's like, I don't know, it's almost energy, right? It's like a vibe that's happening when a team is driving and it's all working together really well. 
So what does amazing hospitality look like and feel like for you? How do you know when you're in the presence of it? I think it's easier to know if somebody's giving you great hospitality than it is to know if you've done a great job. Mm. Like I always tell my wife, like, I don't really care as much about the quality of food and whatever at a restaurant as I care about the experience. Right. Like I love good suggestions. I love good atmosphere. I just, I don't know. The whole thing means more to me than the, plate right mm -hmm. so when I see great hospitality it's it's just like effortless right it's fluid it's like authentic and yeah I, I when I have a great experience that's just so much so it means so much more to me than anything else yeah. so it's hard to say when I know I've given great hospitality because like everybody receives it different right mm -hmm. so True. Like there's, there's been some comments, of course, like every, every server gets, oh, you're, you know, your service was great. I had a great experience, blah, blah, blah. Everybody gets those. So it's not like I'm different that way, but you can just tell when people like genuinely had a great time or when you, when you see that client back again and they like give you that eye or a finger or something, or they wave across and you go up and say, hi, like that to me just is like exactly what hospitality means is that you've created this environment where people feel like they literally don't know you but they feel like oh that's Tyler oh oh that's Ellen or oh that's something like oh I know them and this is my space right mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. so that's that's what hospitality I think that's what when I think of like great hospitality it's it's definitely comfort right mm -hmm. and some people you know no matter how good you do they're not going to enjoy it and some people no matter how bad you do they have the best time of their life <laughs> but uh yeah, I just, I, I like, I like creating this environment where people feel like it's a community where it's not just like they come to the restaurant to eat and they go home. They come out for an experience. They feel like that is part of the community. And yeah, I just, it, it's so fun to give that. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so fulfilling, Yeah, right? Like, it's like, we're giving something to somebody else, but it's actually filling our buckets. Like, yeah time which is like what that's that's how this industry becomes addicting I think, sure. I think. um you're talking about the food and how you, you don't really care about the food I was like yeah the food is the ante into the game like we got to yeah. get the food right off the hop it's got to be freaking amazing and then our service team needs to come in and just like do what they do best right mm -hmm. which is take care of people and however I will say whatever that looks like it doesn't even it does I don't care what it looks like you can totally serve somebody that is completely out <laughs> to lunch from what you know we might recommend but if that's what that yeah. guest needs and wants today great you nailed it right yeah so, dive in and figure out what's best for them yeah for sure because totally. every and you said this too like every everybody's going to want something different every experience is different you don't know until you start interacting with your guest if they're there because um they're celebrating something or because they're mourning something <laughs> and those are two very different experiences that you're going to approach very differently right yeah, so yeah, yeah, sure. um and you get it all right and Absolutely. so i think as as a as a server as a hospitality professional you put yourself by by doing this like I will say everybody should work in hospitality. Did I already say that in this podcast? You didn't, but I've heard that okay. a few times from you. <laughs> yeah, everybody should work in hospitality for at least a couple months in their life because what you're doing is you're learning how to interact in these social environments in ways that 
are so impactful, like in your life moving forward. Right. And you're able to figure out, um, and work with people in all the different like things that might mm-hmm. happen in their lives, because like, let's be honest, life is pretty messy. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, no I like to, I like to say it's the best team sport yeah. because like, there's no other environment that requires you to just do the task or the need at the moment like hospitality does right like it's so it's never ever ever the same and I don't know it really tests you to see what you're capable of it tests you to grow and you know develop as an employee but also as a person and yeah it's just like I'm gonna say it again it's like a drug almost like when you do it well and you feel good about it it's like it's so invigorating it's so fun and I I just get a lot out of it for sure and what do you think sorry go ahead I was gonna say there's you mentioned before about like not I don't know if this is the right time for this story or not so maybe I'll save it for later but um my first job in hospitality was at this Italian place on the south side of Edmonton okay and uh I got the job um, because the owner was like a great client of mine when I worked at Golf Town. So okay. he he would come in there sometimes weekly, sometimes monthly, whatever. But like, awesome dude. His brother's great guy. His his friend that was with him always great guy. And like I I don't know they sometimes they bought stuff. I don't even remember selling them very much at Golf Town. But I just remember interacting with them and just talking about golf, talking about life, talking about whatever. Just having a really great time. And uh, anyways, my time at Golf Town was coming to an end. I wanted to move on to something different. And I said, hey, Jamie, I, you know, like I know you own the restaurant. Is there any chance I could come interview for a serving job? And he's like, yeah, yeah, come whatever day. Cool. I'll be there. So I, I like went into this scenario thinking I, ha- I have to interview. I have to like earn it. I've never served. So like, why the hell would this guy, why would he hire me? And uh, little did I know he showed up or I showed up and he just was like, here's your starting package. Here's your role. Here's this. And like, you need to memorize this menu. And so that was like, Oh, okay, cool. Obviously I've done something right at golf town to make him feel like I can represent his business well here. Anyways, long story short, I was there three years, but not for a one year span in the middle. Cause I, I was off on a medical thing. And uh, there was this one family that um, they came in every single Sunday and I closed Sundays. So basically two years in a row I, I closed every single Sunday night and uh, it was uh, a lady her husband sometimes a grand like their their daughter and uh, and their her dad so a grandpa parents daughter and the first couple of times they came in it was like I'm getting to know them right and Sundays weren't crazy busy especially later at night 8 39 o'clock so it was easy for me to just like chit chat and see how they're doing and you know whatever in between bringing them drinks and food and um, I think it was like three or four weeks after coming she said oh like the reason we come here is because my mom is really sick right now and so um, the mom and the dad used to go to this restaurant all the time and dad's favorite restaurant whatever she said she's in the hospital and we just want to come here every week as a family get some food, like kind of enjoy our time together. So I'm getting a little emotional about it. Enjoy our time together and just like, you know, start the week fresh Monday, no problem. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's amazing. Like, and in my head, I'm thinking, why is she telling me this? Like, I'm just her server. Like, what am I, what impact am I actually making where she's like giving me 
actual things and stories about her life, right? Anyway, so then weeks and weeks and weeks go by. I already know exactly what they're going to drink. He gets the exact same past every week. Like, it just was so fluid. They didn't even need to say anything. I just told them, go sit wherever you want. And I just brought them stuff, right? And they, it was awesome. And then sometimes I'd pull up a chair and I'd, like, sit and talk to them while they eat. Like, it was, it was just cool. It felt like family almost, right? Anyways, and then one, one week they came in and it was just like totally different and the mom had passed away, right? And it was just, it, it was heartbreaking. And the dad, he, uh, well, I guess the grandpa, her, her dad, just beside himself, like, you know, you could just tell obviously that was, it, it, it sounds silly, but obviously really impactful and changed and he loved her and whatever. And it, it just was like, I felt as upset as they did. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, this is such a meaningful change of my life right now. And I was like 23, 20, 23, 24, I think. And so I, it was like a pretty important part of me growing up at that time. Um, anyways, I bumped into them like a year ago. So this is four or five years later. And it just was, it was so amazing just to like make the eye contact and neither, none of us really remembered our name right off the bat, but then it was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just like, there was this connection that we made forever. And I just really loved being that person. And I, I think I, I don't need that from every client I serve, but I, I love the fact that that could be somebody I help out next. Right. And um, yeah, that day that they came in and she had passed away that week, it was like, it, it just was nothing else mattered. Right. Like, um, yeah, I don't, this doesn't really matter. I paid for their meal and I, you know, like it just was small gestures, but it just meant a lot for us to, come together and chit chat and the fact that they came back even when she was no longer around and that was still part of their routine and they wanted to share that with me I just felt really yeah really special so really like honored yeah. right it's pretty that's pretty intimate part of somebody's yeah. life that they're sharing that with you yeah it was it was amazing and yeah, very sad of course like you know I don't mean amazing in a positive sense I just mean like it it was a life-changing moment for me so yeah yeah. And, you know, that's, here's the thing, Tyler, that I, I think sometimes people don't realize when they're in this industry is that you actually have the opportunity to access that almost anytime, any yeah. day, <laughs> which is like pretty wild, right? When, when you think about it and um, the impact that people say, I'm just a server, that a, that a server could have on somebody's day or in somebody's life is actually pretty momentous. And yeah. um, we shouldn't take that for granted, right? And I think that when we were talking about what is like, what is great hospitality, that's, you know, that is super key to it. Like this like emotional intelligence that you're able to connect with people on such a level that they're willing to share their life story with, mm -hmm. if we, if we want to be really <laughs> blunt about it, a stranger, right? Yeah. Somebody who's just been serving them at a table, but it's actually so much more meaningful than that at the end of the day yeah yeah it was it was wonderful it's still like one of my I don't know I think about that pretty often and uh yeah it's a, it's cool and I I kind of like um there's other things I'll talk about too but <laughs> um I don't know like I'm very choosy about my words when I am am helping people out like for instance if it, like first time I meet people I I don't say like hey I'm your server Tyler like I say Hey, my name's Tyler. I'm going to be taking care of you guys today. And I feel like that sentence is like exactly what 
I think makes a great hospitality experience too, right? Is like, you're, you're literally taking care of them. And, you know, there's like those aspects and metaphors you can talk about providing food for people and how that's comfort. But I just, I don't know. I like, I like the fact that people can come. doesn't matter what happened that day, that week, that month, whatever. They know I'm going to take care of them. They just need to sit there, enjoy it participate and it's you know it's, it's going to be awesome that's that's what I like to look at I like it when somebody takes me on a journey too I love it when I sit down in a restaurant and a server's like what do you like and I'm like I don't know tell me what you like here's a yeah. couple of things I don't eat like yeah. I've never been here before and I find those experiences so much fun too yeah. I always love that when I'm traveling go somewhere new and I'm like hope I'm like please get a good server <laughs> I just want to have an experience tonight right like I just want to sit back and be like almost hands off and let somebody just take care of me and I love that the I first that experience so is unmatched right yeah. and it, it makes every other experience so it I, does. Yeah, yeah you're right like I love I love serving people and like luckily with barbacoa for instance it's there's so many people that come there for the first time still so it's it's wonderful and uh yeah it's very fortunate for us as a as a team and as as a business and stuff but I, I, I like being the very first one and then they can be like, oh, that guy, you know, or like, yeah. oh, last time was better or what, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like being the, the, the first, the lead for sure. I wanted to ask you, um, what do you think is the hardest part about hospitality in your opinion? Or what's the hardest part for you? Um, that door between... <laughs> the bar and the patio <laughs> opening it up when there's a fucking tray of food <laughs> that's the hardest part no um hmm. i uh i don't know i think there's not a lot of parts that i feel like are hard i th i think um the most difficult part when you're new to hospitality is um figuring out a way to be yourself not be a server who's got a different tone of voice and a different mannerism and whatever it's it's hard to just go there and trust that like you are going to do a good job as you mm -hmm. right because you, you've never done it before so that's that's a that's a huge hurdle to get over um but me as as a as a more experienced person in hospitality now i feel like my hardest job is telling other servers how it works well for me and there's two things about that right like you never want to cross a boundary and tell somebody something and have them receive it as like they're not doing good enough and I I never mean that but like I, I'm a teacher by nature right and so I love to I love to share info I love to share successes and I like I like when the whole team is successful. Like it doesn't make sense if somebody's having a really great night and somebody's having a shit night. It yeah. makes sense to me that everybody has one of one of those spots in between or on the positive. So it's difficult when you you're trying to like share all this knowledge or share things that work well for you or share how you can feel more comfortable and somebody's not really ready to receive it yet or maybe there's too much to give them that's the hardest part is balancing all that for sure because it's an overwhelming job right the very first time you do it is there's yeah. so much to do and there's so much to think about and then you think about allergies and you think about everything else to go along with it it's like oh my god that's a whole nother level but yeah yeah it's that i just want to share everything that works well with me with people and i don't have enough time <laughs> it's <laughs> 
I like, I remember when I was a young server at the sawmill, there was some like career servers there and they're just excellent at their job. And I just wanted to be like a little and follow them around and try to figure it out. But there, you're right. There's no time. Right. So it was like little snippets here and there. I'd see them do things. And I'd be like, Oh, that was awesome. That guests love that or whatever, and try to pick up on them. But it is hard because it is a full on sport. <laughs> the industry yeah, is sweating because you're in, you're sweaty, you're sweating behind the knees for sure. <laughs> There's this guy um, at, uh, at that other job I had. <clears throat> and uh, when I first started there, I could tell he like, he was on the path of career server, but he, after I got to know him, he, he was so driven. He was so smart. He wasn't going to be a career server. It's just was where he was at right now. Um, anyways, he, the first couple of weeks I was working there, I could see he did a really great job. He always made a ton of money. He was always laughing with his tables. He, he was working the later shifts and I'm like, what is this guy doing that? I don't know yet. Right. Anyways, mm-hmm. his name was Drew. And the first couple of weeks that I was like asking and probing Drew to give me information, he didn't care at all. Like, why would he waste his time on a guy who's yeah. never served before? Maybe I'm only going to be there a couple months. Like he's got better shit to do. Right. Yeah. Anyways. So then I, I started working there full time after I was done university or sorry, the, the summer before I was on university, but whatever, close to. And uh, he realized like, okay, like it, maybe it's worth my time investing with this guy. And we worked like I worked five doubles a week and then I closed Sunday and he worked Monday to Friday doubles and he closed four of those days. So we had a ton of time to overlap. Right. Yeah. And anyways, we became really good friends and every day he would just kind of like throw something my way of like how he, how he makes sure the person has a good experience, how he makes sure they come back, what he does. That's more efficient than somebody else, blah, 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 blah. And I just, I just loved it. I loved his subtle education. Um, I liked the fact that he was just like fiercely driven to be a great host and hospitality expert. And I don't know, I just respected that a ton. So that that's who I want to be for other people. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it just, it feels like you sh- you're supposed to pass that on. Yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, and like, let's be honest, it is kind of a hard industry to break into, right? Like there yeah. are a lot of, a lot of young people out there who are like, oh, I want to break into the industry. I don't really know how, I know there's a lot to learn. And it can be daunting. And so maybe some people make the choice not to even try Mm -hmm. because they're like, oh my gosh, this is like way too much for me. Right. So I think we need more people like that because the initial Drew experience is like the old school mentality. It was like all you're on your own. Yeah, for real. (laughs) One man island out there. And it doesn't have to be (laughs) that way. Right. And so like, those are the kind of like stigmas that I hope that are changing in hospitality. I hope these conversations are changing them. I hope they're bringing more understanding and awareness to the power because you were serving Drew's customers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. if you were serving Drew's customers in a shitty way, they weren't coming back even yep. to Drew, right? Yep. So it's it's in his best interests to have great people on his team. Um, I think it depends yeah. on the the environment though at the restaurant because that that restaurant particularly was very individual focused. Like mm-hmm. you had six tables, you watch your six tables, you make sure the drinks and the food go to those six tables, clean up your six tables. Right. Whereas like now it, it's literally like you, you, the whole restaurant is you, like you're yeah. serving every table. You need to see yourself as a leader and a server and a expert at every single table. It doesn't matter where you are. Right. Yeah. So it, that's, it, I think it's just the dynamic hasn't shifted in some places yet. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's always been a, like a huge thing for us at Joe's, right? Yeah. Because as soon as you individualize, you miss out on opportunity to continue um, to connect, right. And deepen relationships. If, if no, if one server doesn't allow another server into their section, we're like missing out on something because that's sure. could walk in and totally turn one of your tables days around just by dropping a plate of food or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's a really important thing too. And it just keeps, keeps the experience dynamic for the guest too. So teaching is like that too. Like there's a lot of old school. I, I built this program. I have these resources. I will teach this and you need to figure it out. Cause I did that. I figured it out. Right. And, and I worked at a school that was totally the opposite where we had multiple classes of every grade and you were on a collaborative team and you figured it out together. And oh. I loved it. Like that was, that was my, my spot. Right. So I think I'm just drawn to that. Like I'm, I'm definitely a team sports guy. I'm a team atmosphere person. I like doing my role really, really well. And I like helping other people do their role really, really well. And it just, I know I gravitate to all those kinds of spots for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that. Um, when it comes to restaurants and food and eating, what do you love to eat? Where do you like to dine out? What's your favorite restaurant to go to right now? Oh God. It's probably a loaded question, but (laughs) depends on who's listening to this. I can't not say barbacoa. I think (laughs) I love Um, barbacoa. Barbacoa gets a lot of pub on this podcast for sure. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, my favorite things to eat. I mean, I love a good burger. Like who doesn't? Yeah. Right? Like a yeah. burger to me at a restaurant that does like a really great quality burger. <laughs> I hate to say it like the barbacoa burger. I yeah. think it's so well-made. Um, that just feels more like home. Right. Mm-hmm. So when they can like serve you like fries and a burger or whatever you choose as your side, that feels like a cool experience to me. And I don't know, it brings, brings up a lot of memories. It brings up a lot of like backyard barbecues and soccer <laughs> trips that, you know, you just like parked it in a, in a park and flipped on their community grill. Like, you know what I mean? That that's what I love. So I definitely, when I go to restaurants, that's what I try to try the first time is usually a burger. Mm-hmm. Obviously if it makes sense for that style of restaurant, but actually my favorite restaurant right now is Porto Romano. I don't know if you've been there in, no. in Spruce. So no. it's a, I kind of say to all my clients at Barbacoa, I always tell them us and Puerto Romano are the two best experiences in Spruce Grove because they're, they're both, you know, like family owned, I guess, or like one extension away owned. They're not massive chains. Yeah. Not, not that chains are bad, but you know, they have their place. Yeah. Um, and Puerto Romano just is like, it's all homemade Italian food. And the guys are like immigrants to Canada that, parked it in spruce grove and have been running this this restaurant it's it's friggin' incredible cool. and megan's a vegetarian right my wife so we we don't go to barbacoa no she uh, can't go to barbacoa yeah i gotta tell you a funny story about after two but so we don't go to barbacoa but we go to puerto romano for almost every one of our like special occasions because we love it um but I think naturally, I, I love Italian food. Like there's Cafe Amore downtown Edmonton is yeah, that place is so good. And yeah, so I, I like Italian food for sure. I love the sauces. I love everything that goes along with that. Yeah, me too. I'm a huge Italian fan. Yeah. I love pizza, pasta, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So that would probably be 
that would probably be my go-to. So now you're making me think I should go out and try that <laughs> Italian restaurant out there. But then Tyler would be so mad if I went <laughs> and didn't eat a barbacoa. <laughs> so I'd have to keep it real quiet. <laughs> yeah, you just have to you just have to get somebody to pick it up and bring it back. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, you kind of did this already. Um, but one thing I always like to talk about is people make the world beautiful. And I'm sure this was kind of your story you were sharing. But yeah. I think it's important to bring it up in the podcast if somebody's new listening to it, because um, I think it's such an important thing. And we've been kind of like uh, talking around this the whole time about this experience that we have with people in hospitality. And so I don't know if you know the whole people make the world beautiful story, Tyler, but um, it was actually my husband, Chris, that came up with like the phrase. And basically what we started doing was sharing people make the world beautiful stories in our team leadership meetings. So with like all the GMs back in the day, and it's a long time ago now, seven, eight, nine years ago. And basically they would bring these stories to our meetings on Tuesdays and we would all sit around the table and like cry and laugh <laughs> and like, we're like, these are amazing. So they started taking these stories and sharing them with their teams. And it was this really cool experience because all of a sudden the teams were getting this feeling and they're crying and laughing in their stores. And it was just like amazing. And then it took one of the GMs saying, well, like, can I post this and can I share mm -hmm. this? And I was like, as long as people are okay with sharing it publicly. So then we started sharing these publicly. And so now if you go on like Facebook and you search hashtag people make the world beautiful, you'll see like hundreds and hundreds of stories. And some of these stories will just like completely derail you in your day. So you have to be careful. Some are just moments, some are like, yeah. you know, like, but anyway, there's just been all these like incredible things. And I think the point with people make the world beautiful is that it's all around us all the time. And often when I'm presenting, um, when I start talking about mindfulness and presence, I talk about sparks of light and they're like these moments that show up in our lives and they, they ignite us, they touch our heart. They make us feel like, feel like we're a part of something. We're a part of something maybe bigger or special or whatever, right? It's, it's more meaningful than just like the fleeting mm -hmm. moments that we're going through. And so you did kind of already share with people make the world beautiful story, but I'll give you the opportunity. I don't know if you have another one, if there's something you'd like to share around it that connects with you as I talk about that. Um, if not, that's okay too, because I can <laughs> keep talking about it forever. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm sure that if I like really thought about it, there's probably, you know, a dozen more experiences just in hospitality, but um when you bring that up, I think about this um, woman I taught with, actually, she, um, so her name's Brittany. And the first year that I was a teacher, I got this incredible experience to um, be part of a brand new school. <clears throat> it had only been open for a year. And it was her, like, technically one of her first years teaching, but she had a couple years of experience doing subbing and temp contracts, whatever. And it was my, my first year. So we were both pretty green. Right. And, um, she just right away is the type of person. And I'm sure you have people like this in your life too. We're like, no matter what is going on, Brittany is like this shining light of calm, positive ability, drive, happiness, like love and care and I, I honestly tell people that I've never met a teacher that cared as much as Brittany cared or was able to create like she did 
And if she was listening right now, she'd be really embarrassed because she doesn't like being praised, but, <laughs> but she deserves every, every bit of it. And my first year, I absolutely would not have survived without her being my partner. And we, we both taught grade five. So it was a cool collaboration effort and we just took the reins and went and she was definitely our leader. I was, I was like holding on to the back of the cart <laughs> <laughs> doing as much as I possibly could, but you know, it was clear anyways. Um, she, this is maybe like a, a small passing moment for somebody else, but for me, I caught this in the middle of the year and I just thought like, this is a perfect description of who she is. Um, there's like a pretty big rotating door of, uh, uh, custodians and custodial staff in schools. And I didn't, I didn't realize this when I was a student, but like they, some of them shift on a monthly basis to different places, depending on availability, whatever sickness is covering. Okay. Anyways, we had this lady come <clears throat> and right off the bat, you could just tell she was going through some shit, right? Like outside of school, something, something was bugging her. And you know, we only saw them after the kids were gone. So there was a lot of opportunity to talk, right? And every single day, no matter what, Brittany made time to talk to this lady and, and just like genuinely asked her how her family was, made time, made a, made a nickname, you know, always complimented her pants or her hair, whatever, just made some sort of comment that was like going to make this lady's life, not just her day, but her whole life right? Having Brittany around. And anyways, one day we're, we're walking by, it's been a long couple of weeks. And this, this lady is just normally she's bubbly around us and fun. Cause she knows we're bringing good energy, but she just was having a really bad day. It turned out her, her daughter was in the hospital, kind of sick with something. They weren't sure. She was very stressed. And Brittany just like stopped in the middle of the hallway and just gave her a thousand percent of her attention listened to everything she had to say was very genuine feeling empathetic to what was going on here and just took it, it didn't matter what time it was or what Brittany had going on she cared so much about trying to help this person and I just thought like this is just such a beautiful moment to describe who she is and yeah I mean I, I don't know I look up to people like that for sure and yeah so she's a big inspiration for me it was really hard to leave teaching like you asked me about that before because I I quit working with Brittany. Like yeah. she, she was, she's just awesome. We still talk, obviously we had kids around the same time and uh, yeah, she's just, she's just amazing. So I'm pretty grateful for that experience That's with her. Cool. That's really cool. And th sometimes those, like most times I'd say those moments are small, right? Yeah. The moments that we like, will never forget. You were really, you're bringing a whole bunch up for me while you were talking about that. <laughs> And I was thinking, I'm like, which one would Tyler connect with? But you know, Jordy. So I think I'll tell you one about Jordy because this will really endear him to you. But he's so considerate of other people. And so, um, yeah, if you're listening, J Jordy uh, is the general manager of Original Joe's in Terwilliger. And uh, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. And he's just such a cool little leader, young guy. He's awesome. But he... Um, we've spent a lot of time coaching Jordy and I over the last, I don't know, two and a half, three years and spent a lot of time together. So we're pretty tight. And so we always have a weekly meeting and quite often in the summer, we'll go for a walk with the dogs or like whatever. And so when he comes to my house to have a meeting on Wednesdays, he will walk in and he always has a cookie for both of my dogs. And, you know, like the first time we did it, I was like, you crazy man, like a cookie. No, he keeps a box in his car 
to take care of my dogs because he loves them and he obviously loves us. And it's just like such, but it's, it's so small, but it's like actually so meaningful and I'll, I'll never forget it. You know, <laughs> like, like 40 years from now, you're like, remember Jordy used to come in. <laughs> Right. And yeah. like people who do things like that in your life are so special. And so, yeah, when you come across really kind, caring people like that, I think it's just so, so impactful in our lives. Yeah. I'm glad that yeah. you recognize it. Yeah. It's, it's, so, I don't, it's like, what, what's the point if you're not going to like acknowledge those things? Right. Totally. Totally agree. Totally. And there's like varying degrees of people that do that. Like, you know, like my father-in-law, for instance, he always brings his grandkids a chocolate milk. Right. And it's like, oh, grandpa got talking about. And that's like a sweet thing. I'm so excited for him to do that for Jane. Like yeah. A, it's like a full circle moment for me. But <laughs> yeah. then, like, my mom's a gift giver too. Right. So she loves bringing stuff. Like, my nephew loves Pokemon and he loves, you know, Minecraft. So she's always bringing him things and thinking of it's just so thoughtful. Right. Yeah. And totally. totally. It's, I, I feel bad. I'm sure everybody's in the same stage, but you, there's like a time in your life where apparently you just don't recognize those things. And then you, you turn a certain age and then that's the only thing you care about. And yeah, yeah. you feel so bad about those first 23, whatever years you spent, <laughs> just like ignoring people's good graces, <laughs> taking stuff from people. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we're like on a, my Megan and I, we always talk about like, just realizing the things that our parents did that we're doing now and you don't realize the sacrifice you don't realize how much you care and love and why you do it until you're in it and it makes perfect sense why you don't realize it but then you spend the rest of your life like thanking them and being grateful and having these conversations and yeah I have a, I have a lot of them with my dad right because we're both dads and his first child was a girl my first child's a girl so it's like it, it's cool like it's a whole new new development in our relationship too yeah I love that I think that's amazing we're going a lot of directions here this is like yeah. hospitality <laughs> family whatever I'm, I'm you ready said to go. don't prepare so neither <laughs> <did> I. <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> I prepared a little a tiny yeah. bit um okay I I want to do I haven't done this in a while on the podcast okay. so you've probably never heard it okay. uh, but I want to do this because I actually think this is kind of fun so um it, as we start to wrap it up I want to do a quick three question lightning round. Oh God. Okay. They're, they're right. just kind of out there questions and you just answer the first thing that comes <clears throat> to your mind. Okay. Oh, okay. Question number one. <laughs> okay. What is the craziest thing you've ever done in your life? Oh man. Um, <laughs> is there too many to choose from or a, I have about 15 <laughs> that are spiraling. Uh, <laughs> A craziest thing I've ever done. I, I don't know. Moving in with a girlfriend too early was a bad choice. You know, you like yeah. you, you dedicate too much of your life to trying to figure that out when you're young and not enough of like exploration. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was the craziest thing I ever did for sure. It, the cool thing is it worked out. We had this unreal apartment. And then when, when we broke up, I stayed there and I had the sweetest apartment, but um, <laughs> it was, you it was something out of it. <laughs> yeah. I always got to find a silver lining, right? But uh, that was that was crazy. It was looking back, bad decision. Just not ready yet. <laughs> you know, I, I I still haven't figured myself out, let alone six seven years ago when I was. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know that. Um, what is your hope for your daughter when she gets older? Um, this is an easy one. I I tell my wife all the time, 
and my family, my friends. I, I couldn't care less what she does. I don't know. I don't care if she's a scientist or any, anything she can do whatever she wants. I just care about her being kind to people. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want more than anything for her to, to just treat her community well and to be nice to people and to take a second to like empathize and just be a human. That's, yeah. that's what I really want more than anything. I don't care what grade she gets or anything like that. It's cool if she does all those other things, but it doesn't matter if she's a terrible person. So I'd only care about her being a really great person, community member, family member. That's it. all I care about. I love that. I love that. What do you love most about your wife, Megan? Oh God. <laughs> another, another one where there's a hundred things, but you know what? There's a, I'll tell two. Can I, is that hey, fair? Yeah, for you can up? tell two, even yeah, though it's a one question answer, but it's Megan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number one, she is an incredible, incredible cook. Mm. She, she just like, man, we have this joke in her family where her, her grandpa was the same way, but like he can, you can just make peanut butter and jam taste gourmet. Like that's what kind of cook she is. Right. That's awesome. The only thing is though, it comes with a price. Like, and I said this in in my vows (laughs) that, you know, like I'll diligently follow after her in the kitchen. She's making these things. But like the amount of mess that comes with her <laughs> creating this masterpiece, it is like, it's life changing. So like you get this awesome meal, but you also have to deal with 700 pots. It's well, yeah, you just take it, Tyler, and eat the good food. It sounds like a good yeah. deal. <laughs> Our first apartment that we lived in didn't have a dishwasher either. And so it was my job as non oh, yeah. wash. Oh, God. I like my hands are still wrinkly. I swear it. <laughs> It's brutal, but okay. My, my second thing, more important. Um, she, she just cares so much about family mm. and sorry, I'm, I'm an emotional guy on the best of days, let alone talking about these things, but just watching her with my daughter, our daughter and her family. And it's just inspiring how much she cares every day and how big her heart is and how much she's able to give to me and us and sacrifice. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's incredible. And it just gets bigger every day. And, you know, for her, like her job is at the Stollery. She's such a giver already. She's giving to all these families and she's like, it's the worst time of their life. And there's Megan trying to, provide some sort of comfort and I just I respect her so much for that and yeah her heart is just like it's enormous heart of gold yeah I don't don't know her well enough yet but I can sense that 100% from you she just she just loves so big and it's it's awesome yeah I think that's so cool I think like our partners in life often bring so much to complement who we are, you know? And I think, I just think, yeah, the more I get to know you, I just think she's got to be one pretty cool chick for sure. She's pretty cool. Yeah. She's amazing. It's, it's a good balance, both of us, for sure. Like, uh, you know, I need to be brought down to earth as much as she needs to be, <laughs> you know, elevated a little bit. So yeah, totally, totally here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are you grateful for today? Oh God, I'm grateful for a lot of things today. I'm the past month, especially, but lately I'm, I'm grateful that like I have the partner I have who's so supportive. She, um, 
yeah, it's, it's been a crazy year, a lot of change for us, particularly, you know, jobs and that, and she just like, she's just a rock. So I'm grateful for her. Um, I'm really grateful for you as well. Like, I feel like it's so cool that Ellen just thought that we should meet each other mm -hmm. on, a, on a friggin' whim that like, I knew Ellen for a day. <laughs> so I, and I'm grateful for that because I feel like, um, when I left teaching, I was really worried that I wouldn't impact my community um, anymore. Like I was, I was mm -hmm. concerned about that and I really like volunteering and I like helping my neighbors and my family. And uh, I, I feel like that's what you are giving me is like this way to bring people positivity and comfort and growth and just impact the group around me. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for being around you too. You just, you have such a bubbly energy and yeah, I, I think that uh, I'm, I'm learning so much from you, even just like in these brief times we talk and, you know, sometimes like we talked about the other day, it was like a week and a half since the last time we spoke, but it's just like every, every moment with you is really, really awesome. So I really appreciate that. Oh, thanks Tyler. I appreciate that. Right back at you. feel the same way. We didn't yeah. even talk about that on the podcast, but that was kind of crazy. Ellen's just like, you need to meet this guy. <laughs> okay right and so yeah. I think that's really cool when life serendipitously pops yeah. those things at you it's like yeah okay we definitely need to know each other for sure yeah. so and it's working out amazing so yeah super super grateful for it too I appreciate it I like uh, you always talk about writing a book and I'm uh I, I like there has to be at least a page for me and <laughs> I, I already know what I'm gonna write and it's gonna be about our first conversation where you were like hello <laughs> and I said hi and you said I don't really know what we're supposed to talk about and I said, me neither <laughs> and then a, an hour later all of a sudden we're like yeah. on a roll we're meeting for coffee and life is good yeah so that, was, that was crazy <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> I got off the first call with you and I was like well that yeah I guess I was supposed to meet that guy <laughs> that's yeah. so interesting yeah. That's why you got to be open in life. I think that's so, yeah. it's so important. As we start to wrap up the podcast today, um, are there some final thoughts that you would like to leave with the listeners? Um, maybe like, uh, you know, about hospitality and then not about hospitality. My hospitality thought is you have to find a way to just be you. And like, that's in every scenario in life, but especially in hospitality, like it, people come to have the experience with you people come and sit in front of you for an hour, two hours to just like have you take care of them. And fuck, I just feel so much responsibility with that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you just, just get in there dive in, feel it, enjoy the pressure, enjoy the responsibility and be who you are and people are going to love you. Right. Love that. And, and then my non-hospitality thought is be open. Like you just said, be open to meeting people, be open to trying new things and abandoning contracts and selling cars. <laughs> it's, it's, it's too, it, it doesn't matter. Life, life's not about that timeline I'm realizing. And yeah, just do it's whatever you feel experience. like, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Try, try your best, do your best. It's Love so it. cliche, but like all these cliche things are turning out to be absolutely perfect life lessons as you like go through life. And yeah. People have been saying them for a hundred years for a reason. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, well, this has been an amazing podcast. Uh, we went all over the place, but I actually think that that's amazing. I think people love listening to this. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for being open Thanks. and sharing your stories today, Tyler. is super appreciated. And again, just super grateful for you. So thank you. I so appreciate much. that. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Another week of discovering hospitality and one more amazing guest on to share their beautiful stories. Thank you so much to all of you, our listeners, for your continued support. The success of this podcast is totally because of all of you, and to that I owe my deepest gratitude. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. And as always, don't forget to rate, leave a review, and subscribe to this podcast. I love hearing your feedback. And remember, the world is always made more beautiful by people like you. Don't ever forget it. Until next week, take care, everyone, and we'll see you then.